0: What's happening, you delicious human people out there? My name is Joel. Welcome to the First Step Theology Podcast, where we discuss our glorious God so that we might love and enjoy Him in a greater way. I'm here, as always, with Luke. How are you, mate?
1: Very
2: good, sir. How are you, man?
0: Very good, thank you. You're looking delightful today, as always.
2: Thank you, sir. But,
0: <laughs> yeah, even more exciting, we've got Mrs. Giggles over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we've got Kim with us. Yeah, we do. We promised...
2: We've promised the fans. We've promised the fans. (laughs) Actually, last week we had – Colin was giving me a lot of grief So we have not had any of our guests. You know, we keep promising Uh, these big guests. Yeah. Yeah. So we brought in the biggest. We brought in the best of the best. Yeah.
0: Totally.
1: cleared time in my busy schedule. Yeah.
0: Raising the bar. Yeah. I like it. For once, we're raising the bar rather than swimming beneath the waters. <laughs> <laughs> Who even is Tom Edwards? Snowy. Yeah. Even. He's on next week, but bless
3: him. <laughs> yeah, he is <laughs> too. He is. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, shout out to him. <laughs> Welcome, hey. Kim. Welcome, Thank Kim.
3: You. Lovely to be here.
0: It's good. Long time yeah. listener, first time speaker.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I tune in every time. I love this podcast.
2: Oh, you're too good to us. We I'm are glad
3: you're sitting here. Yeah. No, it's true. Do you
2: know the other problem is, is with having you on this episode is that we're going to have no listeners this week because you're our only <laughs> no, listener.
3: <laughs> oh, stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Way to sell us, Luke. My yeah. <laughs> <laughs> family
1: to listen. Yeah, good.
0: Yeah. Friends, yeah. No, it's great. So we're doing a Q&A podcast and it's, it's been a joke, like the first one that we did is uh, most of the questions were from Kim. So we thought, why don't we just bring Kim in and she can just ask us questions and we'll, we'll throw them back straight at her. So yeah. so why not? But on that note, before we jump in, we uh, to, to all our listeners out there, just to create the mirage that there are many... Um, <laughs> We, Kim does legitimately ask brilliant questions and is often asking great questions of us, not just in relation to the podcast, but in uh, like on a Sunday, Kim will often uh, tee one one of us up after preaching with a notepad, (laughs) Uh, right? So I have these 16 questions for you, (laughs) Uh, which is great and we appreciate it. Yeah, um, do. and it. so we gave her the brief that today we would get her to ask us questions, but what we didn't tell you is that we're going to ask you a few to start oh, with. <laughs>
1: <sneaky>. <laughs>
0: yeah, very sneaky. So we got some quick fire questions for you. Quickish. Okay. Quickish. Yeah. Okay. And most of them are pretty lighthearted, but first of all, as you know, one of the most important topics on this podcast is what is your favorite confectionery bar?
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And it was funny because Joel's telling me he's doing a gut cleanse and he's got two twirls sitting in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Um, don't um, We're yeah. safe. Tessa doesn't listen, so you can yeah, do whatever
3: yeah, the yeah. heck yeah. he wants with this. Um, yeah, my favourite would be a Violet Crumble. Right. Yeah. I, and I was saying um, just last night actually – yeah, that, house that, church. We talked about this at house church. Mm. Because I lived in America for fifteen years, mm. um, I love anything that's really Australian. Sure. Um, so cherry ripes and violet crumbles mm. and um, summer rolls. Twirls. Twirls summer summer good. rolls. I rolls. I What's a t- summer roll? Don't you remember them? They're like chocolate with coconut on the outside. Oh uh, yeah, they were blue. Were they, Chewy they in a blue? Oh. In the middle? Was that,
2: were they in a blue yeah. kind of? Yeah, I remember those. Quite I never good. had them. Chomp! Yeah, right. I love a chomp. I don't mind a chomp, actually. I haven't see, had a chomp in a long time.
0: See, chomps, to me, were the worst version of a curly-whirly. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, you'd really get a chomp only so if the curly-whirlies yeah, were yeah. sold out at, like, the basketball canteen. That was, like, the only time. I feel
3: like yeah, curly-whirlies not enough, though. True. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah sure. More subs- like, maybe double the length or something. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. you don't want to double the thickness because it's, it's no. quite good. Yeah, it can yeah. be yeah. chewy. Yeah.
0: But curly-whirlies are dependent upon the temperature as well. Yeah, yeah. If it's freezing cold, then you're, like, breaking teeth yeah, over yeah. them
2: yeah has to be a, like Chewy. a good 25 degrees outside totally yeah absolutely i love a good curly winning
0: good so, so <laughs> good uh, kim secondly as a mm. parent of two uh delightful humans mm. tristan and brooke uh, tristan and brooke shout out to uh, um listeners two and three what's <laughs> uh, what's your go-to parenting tip for us young dads
1: Oh,
3: that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, can we Does just say,
2: while you? you're thinking, can we just yeah. throw you in hot water? We were talking about just before this podcast started, how uh, <laughs> you uh, would neglect to teach your children words because oh, yes. they said words too cutely. <laughs>
3: that's probably not a good parenting tip if you want I you think this is the like best you. parenting
0: yeah,
2: tip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for your own satisfaction. So your
0: example, Luke, was... Yeah, so Solly,
2: our middle child, she, she says thank you like a proper German. So she says thank you. <laughs> <So cute. laughs> and we don't and her her like Charlotte's mum's always correcting her like yeah. no no sorry because you know she's a, she's a teacher so she's like no no it's it's thank you mm. Can you say thank you and then when she leaves I'm like don't listen to her like <laughs> thank you oh, that's a thank you <laughs> <laughs> so now in our whole family we all just say so thank cute. you like all the time you'll notice it that that's great because it's so cute
3: yeah I had the same thing with um with my kids I didn't correct their language because it was so cute and um. Adorable, and Brooke still gets angry at me to this day that <laughs> she <laughs> find out from her friends that things weren't pronounced the way that she'd always pronounce them. Um, so when she was really little, she wanted a bikini, and so she, she thought it was called a zucchini, and she'd beg me for a zucchini. Mm. Uh, then as she got older, she'd oh, have a multivitamin so every day, but she called it a voltimitamin, <laughs> and so we didn't correct that for the longest time. The longest time. Oh, that's great. And then I was just I can th- just
0: imagine her at school. Yeah. Yeah. I had my vitamins today. <laughs> yes, exactly. What yeah. are you doing? You're in year 12, bro. I <laughs> <laughs>
3: probably just thought she was dyslexic and was mixing yeah, the letters sure. up or something.
2: She's like reading the packet. Are you sure, mum? Because it looks like this is multivitamin. You're like, no, no, it's Vultimitamin. I promise. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Trust your mum.
1: That's very
3: Kristen, good. Tristan, um, I remember when he was little, I'd uh, say to him, oh, I love you, Tristan. And he'd go, yes, I knowed that. And like <laughs> I in that. a node, like I know it, and I I knew it before. It was that's like a, this oh yeah, new past new tense. Sort of yeah, past oh, wow,
2: tense that's good. Of knowing that's I smart. That's efficient. Yeah, that's
0: efficient. Yeah. No Thinking of parenting, I've often considered the thaw, and I, I could probably start doing this now. Of you know how kids always call their grandparents by like grandma, mm-hmm. grandpa. Yours are. Weird, um, <laughs> more, more, and far, far. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: That's called another nation, Joel. All right, so yeah, just sure. be careful.
0: So I've often toyed with the thought of um, telling Elijah, my offspring. Great, I love this. That his grandma's name is just something completely different. So whose grandma is Claire? But what if I just told him it was like Janice, like <laughs> Grandma Janice? But only refer to her when she's not there <laughs> yeah. in that way, and yeah. to the point where he just grows up thinking that her name's Janice. <laughs> like I think legitimately think you terrible. could get away with it.
2: You no. could. But the thing is, that's one of those is just your own satisfaction. Yeah, like yeah. oh yeah.
0: It's just for me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot of your jokes, Joel, really. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. No one else finds them funny. No. It just your practical messes with jokes people. and stuff. You know, the other yeah. week we were in here and um, oh me and Tristan actually went for a walk just before we we um, did a podcast recording yeah. and we got drenched like absolutely drenched and so I took my shoes off outside anyway lucky I put them back in on in the
0: workplace people <laughs>
2: Taking my, it's a holy place. Whatever, man. Yeah. Joel was scheming to try and take these shoes and hang them outside the window of our office, so then I go look for them. And they're just hanging, by them.
0: <laughs> which is like three stories up. Like yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you so can't good. get to those. You can't get to those things. Yeah. But that's just the level of yeah. just mm. evil that goes inside yeah. his mind. Anyway, enough deflection.
0: Yeah. yeah sorry. Parenting, Parenting tips, tips for oh, us.
3: Yeah, um. Hmm. I think. Um, you know you got to just come to terms with the fact that at sometimes your kids are going to hate you <laughs> um, and if they don't you're not really doing a good job (laughs) Like, you know, you do have to set some pretty stern boundaries sometimes And your kids aren't going to like you for a little bit And you just got to get over that And know that it's for their own good And um, hopefully one day they realise that too Mm, Yeah
2: (laughs) So, hold on a second Are you saying that your children aren't supposed to be your best friend? No That's ridiculous
3: (laughs) Not till adults I think as adults I definitely would say, yeah, that's fine as adults Of course course.
2: Mm. Seasonal changing
0: Mm.
1: Yeah
2: Absolutely.
0: That's good. Yes, certainly agree. All right, one more. Uh, Two more. Firstly, uh, do you have cold showers or are you a sane person?
3: Goodness, no. 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 I tried it after I listened to the podcast. and I was like, this is
1: insane.
3: (laughs) 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 However, I I have noticed at house church, like sometimes everyone else is freezing and Luke's boiling hot. Yeah. And he's in shorts and a t-shirt and it's nine degrees outside. And I'm like, is this because the cold showers have... It's got
2: to be.
0: No, it's not. Because he would do that prior to the cold showers phenomenon. Okay,
2: that's just
1: metabolism.
0: Yeah.
2: listen to him. it's because of the cold showers it's of I've, had, snake a, I've had a cold sin I've got attacked by a snake I've conquered Mount Everest all because of cold showers wow.
0: <laughs> that's why you never give into sin as well right that's right yeah. Yeah. it's the new perfection <laughs> 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 alright and finally Kim Oh, I, I forgot to mention this twirl is for you Oh, and this I'll
3: one's for again. you, Luke Thank you Yeah, In, yes. in honour of our podcast
0: oh, nice. We're still begging for a 12 sponsorship yeah. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, in light of me just giving you that Out of the two of us, who's your favourite?
3: <laughs> oh. No, I refuse to answer on the grounds that it could incriminate me. Any good
0: parent. That's good.
2: That's well played.
0: All right, should we get into it? We should. Yeah. So we are going to answer some questions. And I didn't say at the top, but this is a resource for Gospel Life Church Adelaide. And hey, we just aim to talk about our glorious God so that, as I said, that we all might love and enjoy him in a greater way. And uh, we're in the middle of discussing the church and and what it is to be the church, and we've done a few topics already. We've got a few good fun ones coming up as well, but uh, Kim has given us some great questions that we thought we might jump into answering right now. Mm. And uh, so, Kim, yeah, shoot away.
3: Okay. So my first question um, has to do with Christ.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's our yeah. I'm off to a good start. Hey? Yep. Um, he's our example of um, how to live our lives. And mm. when I read the Bible, it doesn't seem like he went to church as an adult. Like there's that passage when he was a kid and they found him in the in temple. Um, the temple. Yep. Mm. But as an adult, I can't remember reading anything about him going to church. And I wondered why.
0: Sure.
2: Mm, Or am I
3: wrong? Did he go to church? And I've just not read that bit or forgotten it.
2: Well, I mean, technically you could say he never went to church, right? Because Mm. even when he went, he went to the temple and that's different to the church that we see today. Mm -hmm. So Mm. controversy, Jesus never went to church. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. We'll speak to you next week. (laughs) This is the end of Gospel Life as we know it. So, But we do see a few things important. I mean, it's, it's hard for Jesus to go to church because he establishes the church. So mm. that's probably the first thing we should acknowledge is that the church is the body of Christ. Yeah. And so therefore he has to establish that body through salvation. And we're talking about that in John 14 at the moment, you know, like mm. him to go, he now, him now means that we can be with the father and have the Holy spirit and, and things like that. Yeah. So that's probably the first thing I would go to, to yeah. say. And then Joel, do you want to jump off that?
0: Yeah. Well, just jumping off the back of, he is the initiator of the church. Like you see Jesus come as a Jewish rabbi and he jumped synagogue to synagogue to teach, which yeah. the synagogue was the place of worship. So you could argue from that point of view, he's regularly going to places of worship um, but in doing so he gathers 12 disciples and a bunch more and has close relationships with them and teaches them and trains them and sends them out and, and then uh, he, he preempts and prophesies his death and resurrection, then his ascension where he promises the Holy Spirit and then at Pentecost we see the Holy Spirit descend on the followers of Jesus who then go and initiate and, and plant the church based on the command of Christ himself. So your question is well-founded. Yeah, Jesus didn't go to church simply because there wasn't one <laughs> mm. in terms of the, the um, weekly gathering or the or the physical yep. place of that.
2: But he did go to worship though. So that'd yeah. be the thing. Especially like particular gospels focus on that. Mm. I think it's Matthew, which it talks about a lot that he goes to yeah, speaking synagogues. in synagogues. and Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Okay,
2: mm-hmm. good.
3: <laughs> that covers it. Yeah. <laughs> covers it? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, right? Okay, so um, my, my next question. All loving relationships take work and sacrifice, and um, relationships that are not loving, so um, maybe just acquaintances or friends that don't require that sort of investment of um, sacrifice and love. So Christ says we're to love the church. Mm. Um, so, how does that look practically? How do we like sacrifice and love it?
1: Mm.
2: yeah that's a good question so yeah Christ does command us to love the church and a really good example of that is actually in 1st Peter where he talks uh, when Peter is writing to the church and he says having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth um, uh, so as in he's saying having been saved um, and your salvation is shown by your obedience just like what John 14 talks about he says you are saved for a sincere brotherly love mm-hmm. so that we're we're saved to have a familiar love with fellow Christians. Mm. Um, that And that love is supposed to be earnest. That comes from a pure heart. So um, he then goes forward. So so we know that we're commanded to love one another in that kind of way with a pure heart. He then goes forward and kind of outlines what that love is. So he says, put away all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Um and then goes forward and encourages us to go after the pure milk or pure spiritual milk. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So ideally what he's saying is practically speaking, right, a, a community that loves one another is a community that has put away malice, which is trying to gain from evil, you know, trying to, mm-hmm. as in getting together as a group and then trying to just benefit off of one another. Mm-hmm. It then goes in even further and talks about like that. there's no deceit, so we're not lying to get that gain. That hypocrisy is that what we believe is what we actually act out. Um, That we are to not um, live in envy of one another, Mm -hmm. which is to you know like look at someone else's life and go, "I want that." So he practically he says, "Well, that's actually how you outwork that love is is living with a group of people in such a way where those things don't exist, centering around Christ and that that good spiritual milk that He gives to us. Mm.
3: Shouldn't we be living like that with everybody though?"
2: well there's a difference in scripture that talks about it yeah we are supposed to sacrificially give up our lives for those around us but there is a different kind of brotherly affection or sisterly affection that is for the church by itself
0: yeah. yeah well so when jesus um teaches his disciples just before he dies in john 13 he says a new commandment i give you that you love one another just as i have loved you 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 also are to love one another and then he says in verse 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Mm. So now we have to ask the question, does this mean, as you just asked, that we don't love everyone else? Like do we only love disciples of Jesus? Yeah. People Only Christians. Only Christians? <laughs> yeah. Well, based on the testimony of scripture, that's an obvious no mm. to that question. Yeah. But as Luke was going on to say, there's certainly like a distinguishing love that we are to have for the church. uh, Yep. And that's to say like Luke loves his wife Charlotte in such a manner that I can distinguish that she is his wife. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: No one loves Charlotte like Luke does. Yep. And no one loves Luke like Charlotte does. Now that doesn't mean that Luke doesn't love you and I. Mm. Yep. But it's in a different way. Right. Yep. And so we should certainly pursue and not have malice and not have that whole list of things yeah. um, for people outside the church. Mm-hmm. but there is a affection that we are to have for those whom we have been united through faith in Christ with.
2: Yeah.
3: So practically speaking. Yep. what give me an example of what that would look like
0: as in separate to the world or just yeah, in practically as in speaking
3: separate to the world.
2: Uh, so practically speaking, it would be um, to love one another. So that, that love that's used there um, is, um, I'm trying to find where it is in the text. It says, oh, you say, earnestly love one another. The language that's used there is like it's a stretching kind of love. Mm-hmm. So it's like a love that covers, mm-hmm. a love that stretches. So to, practically speaking, if someone wrongs you, mm-hmm. you forgive them. Yeah. Practically speaking, is that you sacrificially are generous for the people that are in the church, Mm. that you are open and confessing with, um, you know, those that you are surrounded with, that you know one another well enough, that you, um, yeah, are willing to live that.
3: Yeah, I guess it's sort of like family. You know, like there's certain Mm. things that you do because. Their family, yeah, mm. turn up to their birthday party or whatever. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And you haven't seen them in years, that, and you just roll yeah, into their. Yeah, it's like yeah. their family. This is what we do. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we get together it. for Christmas, regardless of how much we don't want to. We want to sleep in or whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess it's just a different kind of love like that.
0: Mm. I'd also yeah. add like the proximity of family, mm. like because when you're in each other's worlds, mm-hmm. you you're aware of far more. Things that you could do to love them yeah, that's or, or things that you could do to support them and encourage them and pray for them and those sorts of things. Whereas the person that's not a part of the family, um, certainly we should love them and, and seek to understand what they're going through. But there's just the, the proximity issue of you're not going to have that same familial.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's right.
3: I feel like that's a real challenge for us Huge. because it's so easy. Like your um, ad in the podcast, I don't know. Back <laughs> where you were talking about How you can come late and miss the first Song and mm. you can leave early <laughs> You know um, so really As part of us Fulfilling that loving the church Commandment um, we should be Hanging around and having a chat To people and coming yeah, early yeah. And getting to know people on, a, on not such a surface level So, yeah. so tell me how, what's been happening In your life You know. Yeah. Can I be praying for you in mm. some way um, or is everything great? Or yeah. you know, can you it pray terrible? for me like this? So I'm mm. struggling with this, you know, really mm. getting a bit deeper on our relationships. Anytime.
2: Very true. And multi generational. Like that's something that yeah. I think we can sometimes shun in our cultures as like, well, young is where it's at. Yeah. But to have a and this is something that we've tried to pick up in gospel life, is mm. that whole idea of we want our house churches, which is like our, our small groups yeah. to be multi generational. Mm. And our house church is, and I love it because mm. you have the wisdom of people who've walked with the Lord for longer than what I have. Yeah. But then you have, you know, the excitement sometimes of mm. these new Christians who've come in or, you know, yeah, different people walking through different aspects of their lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a there's a great beauty of being in a community that loves one another, but that is just multi generational. For sure. And I think contextually, like if you look in Acts and the mm. way the church functioned there, it was a lot. Like their culture was that they would live in each other's world. Like granny would live with you. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, so that that idea of being a family together is so different to our idea of like a Western family where yes. it's like we just get together for Christmas. Yeah. But it's like, no, no, we live in one big room or yeah. mm. well, not even that big room, like the size of most bedrooms. Mm. And there's 10 of us, you know, and everyone's just there.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Absolutely. Maybe I throw in there as well. Like we, um the church is unified based on what we believe. We believe that Jesus is Lord, mm-hmm. but then we live out of that overflow. We live as the first question was based upon is upon the example of Christ mm-hmm. and how he laid down his life for those that that uh, he loves, Um, but then also for how he lived his life outwardly for those who didn't know him and didn't know the truth who. He went to proclaim the good news to. Yeah, and so we as the church are to lay down our lives for one another, practically loving them, and and so that includes um, us having to know people and know what they're struggling with. Mm, in fact, yeah. I used the, the example a couple of weeks ago, and we we're joking about it last night as well. That um, if you're a regular attender of a church, generally you sit around the same place in in the building for the service. Yeah. Like just review your life. Generally, you're in around the same seat and row and that's just a interesting uh thing to recognize because we so easily get comfortable um coming at the same time to the same place and talking to the same four people. Yeah. Whereas as you said Kim, we need to be people that come early, stay late and and seek to not just get to know people but to get to know people. <laughs> like yeah, to yeah. get to know what they're struggling through and and what they're challenged in. Yeah. So true. Um but but then also going out of our way. I think we've talked about this before that um, we often uh, limit our love to what suits us. like what's on on my route home, if you yeah, were to put yeah. it mer- metaphorically, I can fit this in mm. rather than going out of our way to um, sacrificially and practically love people. Yeah, yeah. and, and the then thing. and then the third one sorry, is who we're doing that for because it is and Jesus has some harsh words about this, but it is easy to, um, have the couple or the the people in our church over who are influential, who have something to offer us, who um, who we know are going to bring a good meal to share as well. Mm. It is hard to have um, the teenager who's new to the faith but is going home to a family who doesn't support them. Mm. It's hard to have um, the the single elderly woman who has dinner by herself every night. Yeah, and it, it, it's hard to have those, those people that aren't you know. Influential in our eyes, who aren't um, able to add the level of value that we would expect, but Mm that the pattern of Jesus is that we are to love those people, yeah, yep, just as He loved us, yeah, that's right, just as the lowest and the least of us are loved by Him, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah. So if we go like we've we've spoken a lot, Mm. yeah, we've probably used the term practically a hundred times, but practically speaking, (laughs) right, Mm. I would say practice hospitality. Mm. Just make it your goal. This week to invite someone over your house. That might be awkward. It, it mm. doesn't matter. Have someone over, make them a meal, learn to love them. Because Christ promises, again mm. in John 17, that um, they will be known mm. by the unity that they share for one another, which is that love for one another. So it's actually is an evangelistic tool as well.
0: Totally. We love differently because we believe differently. We believe that Jesus is Lord and he has died for us and therefore we lay down our lives for others. Great.
3: I love the casualness of Australians in that respect. Like when I was in America, Mm. um, you never got invited to someone's house just ad hoc. It was always planned and then they went to a lot of effort and the dinner table looked beautiful and everything was taken (laughs) care of. Mm. And I love it when Aussies say to me, what are you doing tonight? Come over, we'll order a pizza, you know, mm. or whatever. Or we'll throw some, you know, snacks on the barbie, barbie
1: or <laughs> yeah. cook a toasty. Or I mean, yeah.
3: I honestly couldn't care less what you serve me. I would just be so happy for someone to invite me over. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Sound true. really
3: lonely, don't I? <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
1: please. Please. please
2: anybody. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, and your number was what, Kim? <laughs> oh,
3: I've
0: got just, a new ad for next week.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, but no, so I've learnt from that. To just invite people over mm. without having anything prepared, like I yeah. will honestly have nothing in the fridge, and I'll say I've got nothing. But do you want to come over for a cuppa and a bicky? Yeah. Yeah. You know? bring, yeah. bring
2: something. <laughs> <laughs> you bring the bickies and the yeah, cuppa. It's good. There's yeah. reverse engineering. Yeah, that's I like reverse. it. That's great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yep. Do we touch that one? We yeah. went. We yeah. went all places. We with that. Yeah. yeah, it's good. I
3: think that's good. Um, Next. Now, talking about the actual church building and mm. not just the people in it. So, there's some gorgeous, you know, churches around the world, mm, cathedrals yeah. that took hundreds of years to build. and mm.
2: Still some, like the, the Sagrada Familia.
1: Have you a, seen that one?
0: What a what flex. <laughs> what a flex. Just of your, owner. No wonder your daughter speaks in a different language.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm
0: just multicultural. Yeah, far sure.
2: more, far, far. Whatever. We're mm. just. The, yeah, have you not seen it? You have to look at oh, it. it. it rings a bell. Yeah, it's a massive. It, it was started. The, the architects died, but they're still yeah. building it. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's really cool. I mm-hmm. mean, there's some
3: beautiful cathedrals mm. around the world, mm. but I'm just wondering: is there anything wrong with building a beautiful building? Yes. Um, to All right. Next question. If if it it is to glorify God, if the purpose of it is that they're wanting to um, you know, mm. build this beautiful, because the reason I sort of thought about it is um, I'm doing the reading that we're doing, the two-year plan reading. I'm a little behind, but I'm still
1: doing it. I'm still
3: in there. <laughs> yes, um, Hang in there, Kim. Yeah. Hang in there. Hang in there. <laughs> that's, that's my motto. <laughs> um, and so when God commanded the Israelites to build the tent of meeting back in, I think it's Deuteronomy, um, it seemed incredibly ornate with all the description of it, you know, mm. gold and velvet and bronze and cherubims and, you know, it was just so yeah. over Good the question. top for people living in tents in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and obviously would have been so beautiful for its time. Mm. Um, so are we to copy that example when we're building churches today? Like mm. I do see some honour in, uh, you know, honouring God, by saying we love you this much that we're going to make this beautiful place to meet you in. Yeah, Um, it's a good question. But then at the same time, I've seen churches that I think spend way too much money on that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah. And I don't know if it is to glorify God or themselves.
2: Mm. Yes, good question. Big question. Yeah, it is a big question on so many levels because we have to determine the difference between the church and Israel first, Mm -hmm. and then we have to determine what, the love that God commands us to now? Because, um, so I think in the long and the short of the life, if you were to answer the question short, in a short manner, shortly, 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 shortly. simply, mm. I would say, yeah, I don't think that is the way that God com- commands us to love him. Mm-hmm. That's mm. not to say that we don't have buildings mm-hmm. and it's not to say that we don't want to steward the money that we've been given, mm. you know, to make those buildings nice. But to have that, you know, like to go to the next over-the-top level that kind of Israel did at that time, that was for a different purpose for
0: this day. Mm. And to simplify that, right, i yep. just, just look at the theology of God's dwelling place. So mm-hmm. in the beginning you have God dwelling perfectly in the Garden of Eden the, uh, with humanity. Yep. And then you have the fall, so the separation of, of man from uh, the holy God. Yep, But God in his graciousness saves um, his people out of Israel and he sets up this way of worship, that being the tabernacle initially and then the mm-hmm. temple. And both of those are so ornate and beautifully built and um, full of wonderful colors and pictures and all those sorts of things to be a picture of his dwelling place back in the garden. Right. So, So the actual... Um, tabernacle and temple was was a garden like artistry, yeah. And so it was beautiful in that sense. Yeah. Now you then have um, uh, in the New Testament, John chapter one says that uh, the Word, being the Son of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. That word "dwelt" literally relates um, it means to take up dwelling in a tent. Yeah, to so it, it's a tabernacle with us. It's a tabernacle. Yeah. It's to. Um, Just as the presence of of God was with the people of Israel, now it's with um, humanity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so now New Testament, right, going back to Pentecost as well, is the Holy Spirit now indwells believers. And that's why Paul can say that now you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of God. Yep. you are the dwelling place of God. He says in so Ephesians two. So we should two.
3: be draping ourselves in exactly. Yes, yeah,
0: that's yeah. That's so exactly we're spend going all going that with. money on good yeah. fashion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I would answer that question. No, like with the um, is it wrong to want to build a beautiful building if it glorifies God? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think that shouldn't be our emphasis. Because yep. we are the dwelling place of God, and we should be spending far more of our time and resources on equipping the saints for the work of ministry and building one up, one another up uh, to the mature manhood and stature of Christ.
2: Yeah, that's right. And and that that love that He calls us to is not necessarily to show it through a building or anything like that. Now mm. it's to the way we show love is the same way that Christ showed love, which is yep. self sacrifice and everything else that's tied into that. So. Yeah, I would say to focus on having you know a big, glorious building is probably the wrong focus, mm-hmm. especially when there's people dying of hunger mm-hmm. you know, just around the corner or, or whatever. You know, yeah. so it's if you ha- so this. Can we just say we're not against having a building? No. Like I think it would be great to have a, a space where you can equip the church. That's you know really. You know, functional for the, the w- yeah. for what you use it for.
0: Compared to our laundry closet that we record this podcast in,
2: has <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kim commented on the <laughs> way in. Yeah. We've got a window though yeah, that good. looks into a yeah. warehouse. Yeah, it looks out <laughs> into that's an indoor space. the only
3: differentiating feature between this and a closet. <laughs> 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 oh, so thanks, true. Yeah.
2: It smells the same as well. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Joel. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think. We've covered that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, okay, that's good. Just this so happened to me a lot recently. I'm forgetting what I'm saying. Carry on.
3: Yeah, and I've teased him. It's early onset dementia. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thanks, um, Brooke.
3: So yeah, um, that church that you mentioned at the beginning, the
2: yeah, La Sagrada yes. Familia.
3: And you said they're still
2: building it. Know, building it. Yep.
3: Maybe they should stop now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Can you give them a call? So um, no. It's one eight hundred Pope. <laughs> 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 Just, yeah, he's yeah. on speed dial. He's on yeah. speed dial yeah. for me at least. So I'll yeah, give you my sure. mobile. Okay. Give him a buzz. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a difference. I think it comes down to theology.
1: Mm. It
2: comes down to where your theology is at and what you what is important.
3: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Some people feel very strongly that God commanded the church to meet on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. Mm. Um, does it matter what day we meet? Like, I know that most. Um, christians meet on a sunday is mm. that important
2: mm. or a sunday so uh, historically speaking mm. the church started celebrating on a sunday they moved from a saturday because saturday was was sabbath or mm. or um yeah, for, the, for, the for the jewish the, people the jewish culture yeah. which you know Christianity stem came out of mm. um and then the church moved it to a sunday for a few reasons um and that was predominantly uh to celebrate resurrection sunday and so they moved it to that day. And mm. so the question is: is does it matter what day they worship on?
0: Yeah. If my church has a Friday night service, is, mm. should I be going to both? One on a Sunday just to tick that box, just to or make not?
2: sure you've done a Sunday. And the answer is no. It doesn't really matter. I don't think. No.
0: I, would, I think it's I would say gather when your church gathers. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, it's important to Sabbath certainly.
2: Yeah. Which is, you know, important to take time to honor, love, and 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 rest, but enjoy God through that. And so the Christians all just tied it into Sunday because there's no better way to Sabbath than mm. with a good Christian community. Certainly. Yeah.
3: So when God says keep the Sabbath, He just means keep a day of rest mm-hmm. dedicated to
2: Him. Yeah. Well, in the context of Israel, it was Saturday.
0: Oh. Um, yep. So if you're in the Old Testament,
1: yeah, yep. Saturday.
2: Yep. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah, or a Jew today, but for us Christians, no. Yep. So, any for
3: Messianic Jews, are they meant to keep the
2: Saturday? I think so. I think they still celebrate. I'm. I don't know much about Messianic Jews. Yeah,
0: I'm not yeah. too sure. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that. I thought. I, was, I think
2: they will move to Sunday.
0: Yeah. 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 Isn't this might be very ignorant of me, but isn't a Messianic Jew a someone brought up a Jew who's converted to Judaism uh, to Christianity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, I think that would, so it on would Sunday. probably take up the yeah the Christian perspective. Okay.
2: Yeah, I would encourage people to be go on a Sunday though. Yes, yeah, I, I think it's really important to spend a day, oh, yeah. and just set it aside for God. Yeah. Totally. Sometimes, like if it's a Friday night service, you've worked all day, mm. and then you go to a Friday night service or whatever it might be, Saturday or whatever, and then the rest of the time is you're not spending that with the Lord. You know, you're yeah. not like you are just. You're just going to yeah. church, you know, like you're just ticking that box of like, oh, yeah. what's church. Whereas I think it's such an important thing of creating a ritual and mm. a tradition around your Sundays,
0: yes. totally, or your Sabbaths, yeah, your Sabbaths, yeah. And I would add to that, like a, a Sabbath isn't simply a time of rest. Like it's not me a day for me to go play Xbox. Yeah, like a Sabbath is a day to give to the Lord. Yep, or you you, you could argue that it's a period of time. Yep. Substantial that you give to the Lord, mm-hmm. and um and to uh, commune with God's people. Mm. Mm. So that's why we would emphasize the Sunday because that's when we gather together as the church. So yep. so you know surround your Sabbath by gathering together to worship God and then enjoy a meal with you know
2: practice some hospitality. Totally, yeah. Because Go read you a good actually
3: book. Work on Sundays eh. when you're preaching. Yeah. Some would say it's, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. a good touch and
0: go. So, yes, T- true. so we can speak for ourselves, I can speak for myself, but Tess and I don't see Sundays as a work day. As yeah. in, we're not approaching it as like it's here's my half day of work I'm doing preaching on Sunday. Because yeah. yeah. we would be going to church anyway. And, you know, I've.
2: It's worship to preach the word. Totally. Well, let's be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, we are remunerated to rest in a different way during the week because, mm-hmm. you know, there is still an expectation that, like, we're there, yep. and you know, I don't roll up to preaching on Sunday with, um, yeah, it, you do, <laughs> with no preparation done or anything like that, right?
3: Have you ever done that?
0: No, no never. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's looking at me like, yeah, you love remember to that put time him on the spot <laughs> one
3: week? Just go, you know, he's expecting you to preach." And oh, say, that actually, actually, Joel, why don't you take this one? I was, inv- <laughs>
0: I was invited to preach at a youth service at which was at like 7, 7.30. Yep. And I got invited at 5 p.m. and I was still work, walking out the door from work when I got invited to preach. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's How'd good. it go? I don't, I don't remember. Probably phased it out. <laughs> yeah. bit, must have been all right. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah that a, was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I one time went to preach at another church mm-hmm. and um, my technology, I used to use a tablet um, and I, my tablet stopped working. So I had some notes written on a pad paper, brought that paper along, got up to go preach, and I brought the wrong pad. Oh no! Oh, so lucky it was, it was preaching from a text. So I kind of, okay. I was you okay, had it but in your brain. Yeah. I was pooping myself because <laughs> I was like, when I got, I was just like, oh. anyway. So what no. do you <laughs> <doing>? <laughs> did you
0: notice as you got there, like on up to the pulpit? As I was, yeah, like as in they were introducing me,
2: oh. and I was like, you know, like I was flipping my page, like oh, yeah. it'll be okay. These notes the were quiet, yeah. And then yeah. I was just like,
1: wrong some book. pastor oh, should no.
2: write a book of horror
3: stories. That would be really interesting. <laughs> that would be interesting. I interesting. often joke about writing a book of like funny stories around communion because there's always a few <laughs> funny <laughs> <laughs> stories yeah. around that. Yeah. But when I was a kid, we had um, a friend that came to church. She she had barely been to church before, um, and So she didn't really know the drill. And at our church, we had these massive big wafers, and you'd break off a little bit of it, right?
1: And she just took the whole thing. She
3: just took the whole thing and passed (laughs) the plate along. And my mum got the giggles and could not (laughs) stop laughing. And to this day, we all laugh about that. It was sweet. Poor thing. It is, though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then another friend of mine came to church with me, and then um, the pastor was saying, you know, something about the blood of Christ. And she's like, Drinking
0: blood, yeah. <laughs> he's really
1: freaked out.
0: Well, that's like our good mate Joe Sharp just spilt the communion juice on someone recently.
1: Did he? <laughs> yeah,
0: <No. laughs> it's like a lady with a white dress, and oh, he just went to pass it, no. no. and they both just slipped, and straight it. on it. He and I was I was preaching at the time and saw it, like saw it right in front of me, and ha- just had to power on. Yeah, because I so <laughs> just wanted to point it out and laugh. But
3: oh, that's I had a so yeah. good. Um, a sermon at my old church where the pastor preached the entire sermon with his fly down. Oh, like yeah. That's some Gaping, open, oh, fly down. Oh. <laughs> and I was like madly trying to make symbols to him the entire service and he just didn't pick up on it. Oh, and then dear. right at the end I went up to him and I'm like, Anthony, your fly was down. And he was like, oh, is that what you were trying to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: and can we just say, if that ever happens to us, just – Stand up <laughs> and go, your flies down, please. Okay. It's yeah. be nothing worse okay.
1: than Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At least point it out. C- right.
2: Can we just also address that one time where we had that person drop a massive, massive fart in our service?
3: Oh my gosh. I was in, I wasn't there, I was in Sunday school teaching. Oh, and oh I went gosh. Have you heard and the recording it because <laughs> I heard so many stories about
2: it. Recording. We should
0: soundbite it and bring it onto the podcast.
2: We should. Yeah. I brings me so much joy. I, I tried. I was preaching, and I tried so hard to just keep it together. And for a while, I did. Yeah. But there was a few like few younger guys who were just there, and they were wetting themselves, <laughs> and just like knew that if they looked at me, I would laugh. Anyway, it was very funny.
3: Anyway. So speaking of pastors with their flies down, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a nice segue. That's isn't a good. It? Yeah, yeah, that's very good. Uh, some pastors have abused their position to have inappropriate relationships with female congregation members. Um, And my experience in some other churches, I keep referring to other churches and (laughs) it sounds very ominous. It's not always the same church, it's just other churches, (laughs) is that good pastors um, that are doing the right thing are nervous about maybe being accused of inappropriate relationships when there isn't one. um, And as a consequence, they don't counsel or meet with women in the congregation. They only meet with the men. Um, And I feel like this is harmful for the women or it's yeah. hard for us because, like, we want counsel as well. Mm. Um, and so I was just wondering, how do you guys address this issue so that all members of the congregation feel that they're being shepherded and mentored, not just the men?
0: Good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Let me kick it off just yeah. by saying this. I think there is a healthy um, desire for all men and all women to be above reproach, yeah. right? And so there is certainly a concern there that we have to have of, mm-hmm. of of not just doing the right thing but to be seen to be doing the right thing. Yep. Yeah. And uh and being aware of the the pitfalls of our own hearts as well.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's right. Our own sinful nature can, can, can trip us up sometimes. Yeah. So
0: hoisted by our own petard, as they would say.
2: Wow. <laughs> that was impressive. Okay. I don't even yeah. know what that means.
0: No? <laughs> yeah, it's a little Google search for you later. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I'm not I gonna feel bother. So illiterate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My life around this man He's a prodigy No uh-huh. stop It's a gift um,
3: Say the name of that church again though. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> What's better Joel's
2: fancy sayings Or my culture I saw it I stood outside of it Wow and People trying to Pickpocket me While I was outside yeah, of that, Anyway That's <laughs> Europe for you Yeah,
1: yeah it can be yeah. <laughs> Throwing shade on Europe <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Do we
3: have many listeners there? <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll find out we email, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. email your hate mail Hate to mail at kim yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Um. So Okay, so I, it comes out of that position of being a above, above reproach. Mm. Um, and so I would say that um, there has to be some level of protection and accountability for both. Mm-hmm. Because of these things that have happened, I reckon most pastors who go into these scenarios most of the time are going in with their the right
0: heart. Yeah, right intention. Mm. Yeah.
2: And so therefore... Um, you want to give them grace in that regard. So I think the answer is is that to so that both men and women can be discipled and cared for is I think there's a two layered approach. First is that you that men can do it to a certain level with uh, certain accountabilities in place
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in the right context. In the right
2: context, yeah. Mm. Um, and then and then, secondly, I actually think that this is something that we may have missed a little bit in the modern church and it's actually commanded in, in or directed in 1 Timothy that there should be actually strong women who help disciple as well. Mm. Like there's a whole, it's almost like a similar list to the list that they have for elders for these women who are to be enrolled, it says in 1 um, uh, Timothy 5, to go and care and train other women, and mm. to to help and protect them. So, I think that there's t- two layers to it. I think that that we need to raise up women to to raise up women, mm. to understand them, disciple them, and care for them. But then also men need to play a role in that as well. So that's not to say you it's
1: you either never or. Talk to women. Yeah, yeah
2: mm. it's got to be both. Yeah, but with 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 wisdom, I know that's.
0: So really, practically in that yeah. right is like if we're meeting with a if there's a, a young single lady, right, that needs or counsel. Me and Kim have called up. Yeah, yeah. Then, um, you you generally do that with Charlotte,
2: mm-hmm. right? Or public place. Yeah,
0: totally, and just be wise about the accountability mm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, on the on the second point is although the oversight of the church and and you've put in here uh like the, the shepherding or pastoring of the church is oversighted by a male eldership, that doesn't mean that all mentoring and shepherding and pastoral care comes from yeah. that that eldership, right? Yeah. Mm.
2: And ideally if that eldership is doing their job well, mm they shouldn't be the gurus. You know, like it shouldn't yeah. be like, if I want to get good pastoral advice, I have to only go to Joel because he <laughs> yeah, is totally. the whiz. Yeah. yeah. But if they're doing their job right, they should, there should be Kim's and, uh, you know, plenty of other people who mm. are reading the word, who are biblically strong and are able to love and care for this in the same way as what the eldership does. Totally.
0: Yeah. 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 And in fact, just, Testimony time. <laughs> Some of the most beautiful stories of of um, of people being counselled in our church are coming back to us in the sense of like we're not going out and, and counselling people in things, yeah. But we were even talking this morning about a couple of scenarios of just people that are following up and caring and mm-hmm. and providing mm-hmm. for needs and mm-hmm. and giving wise counsel and yep. uh, things like that. And and we get the joy of hearing about it as mm-hmm. um, you know we have been uniquely positioned uh, – sorry, not uniquely in the sense that it's only unique to us, but we are in a role where we are to equip the saints for the work of yeah, ministry. And so we get to hear the, the fruit of what God is doing in individuals' lives, yeah, men and women, and that's mm. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I think in – like, if we, I want to make sure we answer this question. In answer to the question, it's not as simple as it should – like men should be going out, like 100% be the ones who are going out and doing this. I think it's, we need a taste of both. Yeah. And I think that's where the church has failed, is that we've kind of failed a little bit in discipleship and then failed in accountability.
0: Totally. Yep. Yeah, good. Yep. good. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll uh, come back and finish these off. Today's podcast is brought to you by PhotoFix. Do you have a bunch of lovely family photos around your home that are ruined by your daughter's ex being present? Well, PhotoFix is here to help using technology that you wouldn't even understand PhotoFix is capable of physically photoshopping out the dog turd on the lawn or the dog turd that's holding your daughter's hand for a little extra PhotoFix can add you into pictures so you can weasel your way into the local granny's estate planning by adding your picture to all their framed photos all our highly trained staff excelled at school from reception to grade 3 when the curriculum was predominantly cutting and pasting PhotoFix, contact us today so, Kim, <laughs> what's, the, what's next on the list? I
3: have a few photos I'd mm. like to fix. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, we are called to forgive.
2: Speaking but of th- forgiveness and photo yeah. fix. <laughs> yeah,
3: there we go. <laughs> uh, but are we supposed to forgive if there's no repentance from the person that's harmed us? So if I'm following the example of God, doesn't he only forgive when we repent? And when we accept Christ as our saviour and repent of our sins, he forgives us, but not before we repent.
1: Mm.
0: Good one. Good. Well, so the the desire to imitate Christ is good, right? Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you so so the preface is a good one but I would go to uh, Romans 5 when it says that whilst we were dead in our trespasses and sins God loved us so we see the initiation of God's forgiveness prior to our repentance Yeah, okay. God gives us a heart that is able to repent as he uh, em- empowers us and brings us to life by the Holy Spirit mm. and so uh, to be able to repent to be able to repent yeah so um, so I would say that the initiation of God's forgiveness happens prior to us repenting.
2: Yep. And I would say that forgiveness a lot of the time is, is less about them and more about you. Mm. So like to, let's say the opposite of forgiveness is to try and gain vengeance for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so for us to still hold on to any form of unforgiveness, um, that is that we think that we can avenge ourselves. But... The truth is God is our avenger he's the one who brings justice, and so by us forgiving that person even if they don't seek uh, repentance and they never will, we are trusting that God is a god of justice and he will bring uh justice to that person, not us
1: yeah does that make sense
2: yeah and so so therefore we we make the um the call to have forgiveness in our heart towards them; otherwise, we're just drinking bitterness towards them, and that's just like drinking poison and hoping that they will die. Like it doesn't help anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you could try it, but
0: yeah, please don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Drink, yeah. Anyway, I had a really bad day joke I was going to do them, but I won't do it. Um, and so, therefore, for our forgiveness must be um, uh, rooted in the same kind of love that God gives to us which is unconditional, but that there's also a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation.
0: Ooh.
2: Don't you reckon? Like we <laughs> yeah. need to like yeah, make, a, make a difference distinction there because yeah. just because I have forgiveness for someone who's wronged me, mm. it doesn't mean that it's going to be reconciliation there. Right. Good. And it doesn't also mean that I can trust them. So for example, someone who's been abused. Yeah. You know, For them to hold on to that unforgiveness in their heart is to empower that abuser still over them. So you know you you want to teach someone to go well, have forgiveness in your heart to them, but that doesn't mean you let them back into your life. Yeah, sure. You have to trust them, or there has to be some level of reconciliation. That's that's not. Mm. It's it's that we are to forgive, and, and and forgive means that we take on the pain for ourselves and go well, rather than putting the pain back on you. I'm going to take it on myself, and I'm going to give this to God.
0: That's a good answer. Yeah, our
3: culture Thanks. doesn't do well with that. No. We like to avoid pain.
1: Mm. Yeah,
2: we do. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Yep, mm. we definitely do. And it's easier to put that pain back on that other person. Yep. yep. Yeah, big time.
0: Okay. That's good. Just to clarify, Luke, because you used both um, types of saying it. Is it reconcile or reconcile?
2: Did I say reconcile? You said both, yeah. Father, forgive me. Mm. It's reconciled. Okay. It's only because I've been hanging out with you for too long. Glad we've it's cleared that up. me.
0: I say reconciled.
2: Now you say reconciled, <laughs> mate. He doesn't, he? Yeah,
3: yeah. You do. Do yeah, I? Yeah. Do you know what?
2: Let's call Claire because I reckon it's one of those your it's dumb children m- things you used to say when you were a kid. <laughs> and she's like,
3: oh, reconciled. I think Americans say reconciled.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's, are you trying to move into the American market? Mm, with what? <laughs> like, you got a my church saying? over there? I've noticed oh, that you've sure. got your teeth whitened as well. Yeah. <laughs> you wear a suit. Yeah, yeah.
1: He loves Publish- basketball.
0: Totally he yeah. basketball. Publishing lots of books with my face on it. Yeah. Mm. Joel's 12
2: rules to being Joel. I don't know.
0: <laughs> we'll workshop it. <laughs> we'll workshop it. <laughs> All right. Let's mash through a few more. We have seven okay. minutes left.
2: Seven. Okay, go.
3: Okay. I know of biblical characters in. Characters that sounds like they're made up, yeah, fairy tales. Physical people, <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> that practice polygamy. Yes, um, can you explain where in the Bible that changed? Mm. Um, and if God is immutable, so unchanging, right? Yes. Right?
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
3: Um, how do you explain His changing with regard to this law?
0: Mm. Good.
2: Good. Well, I think first thing to acknowledge is that polygamy is actually never glorified in Scripture. It's always shown to be painful. And cause grief, so you see that in uh, well Lamech, who's like Lamech, did you say Lamech or Lamech, Lamech in <laughs> early Genesis? <laughs> Lamech, um, he, he is seen as wrong because he gathers for himself all these wives and, and has like power over them. And he, we see the same thing, um, with um, Solomon, he is led astray by all of his trillions of concubines and wives, so polygamy is seen in Scripture as something that is not good. Mm. Now, they set laws around it for the protection
1: mm.
2: um, of the people who are under that in that culture, mm-hmm. but it is definitely not glorified. So therefore, God is not changing in that.
3: Okay. Yeah. So then he polygamy now under those rules that mm-hmm. God has set
2: yep. would be okay? No, because... Um, uh, a good example. So, um, in uh, First Timothy, when he um, when they're giving instruction to elders, and and um, these these men that are supposed to be uh, a great example to the community of of um, people like followers of Christ and all of this kind of stuff, mm. it, it, it clearly outlines to them going husband of one wife.
0: Yeah, which you could also yeah. follow that train of, of teaching throughout the Old Testament as well. Yeah, because the you know the the husband will leave his uh, sorry I'm getting that wrong. Yeah. The husband will leave his family. Yeah, 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 and join with a wife. Yeah, yeah.
2: The wife will leave his family and join.
0: Yeah, that's why I was getting mixed up. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's right. It, it's always been that one, and in fact, most of Israel practice at that time was actually like historically speaking was monogamy. Oh. Mm. So it wasn't polygamy. Polygamy was gr- caused a lot of grief. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. Didn't
2: work. Didn't work.
3: Mm. All right. Yes. Um, John fourteen sixteen. 16, um, Jesus asked God to send the Spirit to be with us as a helper. Um, this sounds familiar, like when God made Eve to be a helper to Adam. Mm. Um, does that same verbiage mean anything? Is there some connection there? Maybe. <laughs> good answer <laughs> moving on
1: yeah. no
0: nah, it's a tough one so um the word that is used for the holy spirit in john 14 is paraclete which is a greek word that we have no real exact translation for it means one who's sent alongside with the connotation to help to advocate for to counsel to comfort to yep all these sorts of things, and and God does um, equate himself with these attributes to Israel as well, his people in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and Jesus is called the paraclete, um, and you're right, yeah, Eve is said to be a, a helper to Adam, and she's certainly one that is sent alongside to Adam as well, mm-hmm. um, but we don't have a explicit connection between mm. those two words per se, but... I would say maybe.
2: Yeah, I'd say in the Old Testament the idea of God being a helper to Israel and all that—that's mm. the same kind of usage of word that's used in in Genesis where it describes Eve. Mm. So, it is giving women yeah. a high esteem as well. Yes,
0: it gives value. To, yeah, yeah,
2: to that to that idea because you know you can look on and go helper. Hold on a second. Mm. You know, is that less of a? Mm. But I, I actually think you should think you should put it the other way of going. Oh, he. That guy needs help. He needs help. <laughs> you know, like, and that
0: level of help is a lot. Yeah, and also just consider the context of that. Like, um, God commissions man to have dominion over all creation and be his image bearers in the world, and we certainly need help with that. Mm-hmm. And so, men and women are given to one another to outwork to live yeah. out that purpose yep. and and we need each other. So, so mm. let's put it this way. What we can affirm in this is the value that God gives to men and to women yep. and the value that God specifically gives to women in that um, counselling, helping, advocating, supporting role. Yep. Um, and then we can also uh, point to the necessity of men and women in outworking the mission of God. Uh, right. broadly speaking having dominion over the world and glorifying God with all our lives but then also um intrinsically in home and in marriage and in friendships and in the church yep yep fair yep. fair but yeah link between that uh john 1416 and and the the genesis account maybe yeah okay. not sure
3: so Matthew twenty-four twenty-four um says, Even the elect may be led astray by false prophets. And I thought those chosen by God would never be lost. Mm. So how are the elect being led astray?
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: so last this is the last question, right? Should we? Yeah, let's wrap it up this, after this. this. Uh, I think if you follow that verse through, it says so for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. So um, in saying, it's less talking about the fact that the elect can be deceived, but talking more about the deceptiveness of these false Christs and these false prophets. Mm. He's using the fact that, because the elect are assured, he's using that as hyperbole. In saying, like, these guys are such big tricksters that if the elect could
3: be... He'd even go after them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, they almost could be, but... I think it follows on from that. It says, but by the grace of God, he will end it.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's talking, Jesus is talking about the sort of like the last days at this section in Matthew. And yeah, if possible, even the elect will be tempted by the great signs and wonders that these false prophets and false Christs display. Mm. But um, I suppose the key in that would be that if possible, and. the biblical answer to the "if possible" is not possible. Right, yep. <laughs> uh, To those whom God holds, then the sways of those who are false, and no matter how enticing their um, miracles might be, they are held by a bigger God.
3: Yeah, so we yep. can't get complacent. Um, yes, no, very and true. Think that we won't be tempted to be led astray.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, so yeah, exactly. This is a warning it's as a warning. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, to hold fast to the one who's holding fast to us. Yep, absolutely.
2: Hold on tight, baby. Be a bumpy ride. It's gonna be a bumpy ride.
0: <laughs> well, there's a happy note to end on. <laughs> hey, it's been so much fun. Thanks for joining with us, Kim. Thank you. We need to do this every time. Good. This is so much better. It's so much better
2: than us <laughs> plebs being stuck in the room together.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Awesome. Hey, bless you all. Have an exceptional week. We will see you soon.